0: Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Missourian Pick and Roll podcast. My name is David Sack, and I am joined today by Connor Worley. Reed us is out sick, but he'll still be editing this podcast, so we, of course, like to give credit where credit is due there. You are listening to Episode 9. We will again be breaking down the past week of Mizzou hoops. But first, let's kick this off with our soundbite of the week. Our quote comes from Kentucky coach John Calipari after Tuesday's game. I don't know, but every time we come here, it's either an ice storm, a rainstorm, a snowstorm, something. And I don't know if we're right outside of Anchorage or where the heck we are. But um, we have to stay overnight now. In the last probably nineteen years of a regular season, I, we've not stayed overnight and we're staying overnight. And even though I really, I like Columbia, my wife's from Osceola, by the way. Anybody go to the cheese factory there? And so, John Calipari, with an interesting comparison there, I'll take being here over Anchorage any day, Connor. <laughs> and uh, now on to our trivia question.
1: Uh, today's trivia question is about Missouri's upcoming opponent on Saturday. Uh, they will be facing the Florida Gators, and Florida is one of two SEC schools to win a national championship in both football and men's basketball. Name the other. So, yeah, now we'll take a look at the past week. Uh, so let's go ahead and break down what happened over the, over uh, the last seven days. First, the Tigers fell on the road in a turnover-filled contest at Ole Miss, then followed that up with a home loss to number 4 Kentucky. David, what did you see in those two games? Well, it's been an interesting pair of games for the Tigers, obviously.
0: Um, A couple of losses. Um, I mean, there's a lot to break down. I mean, starting with the Kentucky game, um, you know, I certainly thought it was interesting, just the juxtaposition of the two halves, um, how Missouri got down early in the first, or got down in the first half, you know, down 18, 41 to 23 at the half, and then, you know, the Tigers really did fight back, and they actually made the, the final score look a lot better than the game.
1: Yeah, they got a few of those late game three from, like, Ronnie Suggs and Torrance yep. Watson, guys who have been missing uh, outside earlier this year, but it just wasn't enough. Like, P.J. Washington for Kentucky is the guy that I think just completely dominated the game. He had 18 points in 37 minutes. He got Jeremiah Tillman into foul trouble early, and he was, he was just all over the place, hitting shots from outside. Hitting from inside and uh, he defensive force for sure.
0: Yeah, and on Washington, and that brings me to something I certainly want to talk about with this game is the decision from Conzo Martin to once Tillman got his two first half fouls, Tillman sat the rest of the first half on the bench the last 15 minutes of the first half, and of course over that time period, Missouri got down big. I mean, I can tell you what I think, but we'll start with you. I mean, what did you what did you think about that
1: decision? Uh, personally I wouldn't have done it. Like yeah, Jeremiah fouled out and he probably would have fouled out sooner if you leave him in. But uh the way PJ was just wrecking Reed and Nico is like you just had to get some some better talent in there. Right. And uh I, I don't know. It's Conzo seemed frustrated after the game with Jeremiah still in again, we've just talked about this ad nauseum, but yeah. he's gotta clean up the foul somehow.
0: No doubt. And yeah, I agree with you, Connor. I mean I really think at what point, as you know, the deficit keeps growing and growing, and PJ Washington seemingly couldn't miss in the first half. You know, at what point do you just decide, like you said, that you just have to have some more talent on there? I mean, Jeremiah Tolan by no means is a defensive stalwart, but I think he would have done better than you know the Reed Nego, the Mitchell Smith,
1: the KJ yeah. Santos of the world. I mean, look, they cut the game to within six in the, like last few minutes of the game. Probably don't win if you leave Jeremiah in sooner or put him in sooner, but, you know, give yourself a better chance of winning for sure. Right.
0: Yeah, I mean, they just they got into such a big hole early with Tillman sitting. You know, you don't know where the game would have gone if, you know, let's say if instead of being down 18 and a half, they were down 12, you know, something a little more
1: yeah. reasonable. Yeah. yeah. Another guy that I was really impressed with for Kentucky was Tyler Harrow. He seemed to come out of nowhere. Like, yeah, he's Kentucky's second leading scorer, but I didn't really expect much out of him coming into the game. And in the first half, he had, like, a big turning point for the Wildcats. He got a steal on Javon Pickett, with, and then who chased him down, and they got a flag, a questionable flagrant one called on Javon, which yeah. I was surprised by. Harrow hits those two free throws, catches the ensuing inbound pass, hits a hook shot, and then a few possessions later, hits a corner three, and suddenly it was like a 12-11 Kentucky lead, and it was 19-11. And Missouri was had a hard time recovering after that.
0: Yeah, I was I was just very impressed by Kentucky in general. I mean, Hero's very good. Um, And of course, Washington. And we didn't even, you know, I don't think we even saw the best of what Kentucky has to offer. I mean, Kelvin Johnson, five points, one of six shooting. He's one of the best scoring freshmen in the country. Um, You know, Reed Travis, it's a little interesting. He had the injury. He only scored three points. I mean, his role has actually been a little less than you'd think it would be. Uh, on this team, but it's like Conzo said after the game, you know he's coming from Stanford where he was the focal point. He was yeah. the man to Kentucky where you're just surrounded by that bevy of talent that they always have. But uh, no question, I mean I think this Kentucky team is really really dangerous.
1: Yeah, I certainly think it's going to come down to them in Tennessee, Tennessee for the SEC title.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, we'll we can we'll get more on this when we talk about Florida uh, coming up. But LSU is uh, they might have like you were saying before we came on. They might have been peaking a little too early this year. You know, and then going back to the Ole Miss game, the Ole Miss game was, you know, it was just a total regression for Missouri in all the wrong ways. I mean, they, 25 turnovers, you know, that's a season, that's matching a season high. And the only other time they did that was the second game of the year at Iowa State, who was Um, you know let's be honest a much better team than Ole Miss it was the second game of the year you know a lot of new freshmen getting into the mix but this late in the season against a team like Ole Miss there's just you cannot have 25 turnovers especially along with nine assists I mean that is just brutal but you look at it I mean Xavier Pinson five turnovers Jordan Geist four turnovers I mean to me that right there for your two for your two point guards to have nine combined turnovers and three combined assists. It's just not a winning formula.
1: Yeah, obviously. I mean, all the 25, they lost by 10, 25 turnovers. Just think about all the points off turnovers that led to, like this Ole Miss game should have been a, a, should have been a little winnable game. It's a game they could have won it really would have helped them with their resume and everything as we talked about them trying to get to the NIT. Instead, now they're below 500 and probably going to sink down even further too. And uh, they like they've said that they're not even talking about the turnovers and they they know it's a point that they've really messed up on and uh, it's just frustrating to see that like they could turnovers, inconsistent shooting or like certain things that they've just gone on and off throughout the season, they've just been continuing points and it just shows why this team's twelve and thirteen and why they can't fi- find any success.
0: Yeah, you said it. thirty-two points off turnovers
1: in that game for Ole Miss. I mean the rebel scored seventy
0: five <laughs> points. 32 of them come off turnovers. I mean, you know, I'm not a mathematician,
1: Connor, but... Yeah, I mean, my favorite, my favorite statistic in this game was Jeremiah Tillman, four points, five fouls.
0: <laughs> it's just, it's amazing to me, quite honestly, that they were this close in the game, although it's a good segue into our stud and dud of the week, and... Uh, our stud of the week is rebounding, and in that game, the Tigers out-rebounded Ole Miss 37-21, to 21. so that can sort of give you an idea of why they were close to that game, despite all these other, quite mm-hmm. frankly, horrid stats. And then in the Kentucky game, I mean, Mizzou comes in there, Kentucky leads the SEC in rebounding margin, plus 9.8 per game, which is hard to fathom, honestly, how yes. good that is. And Missouri comes in there and out-rebounds them 34-28, to 28, you know, so... That's our stud, Connor. What do you think about the
1: rebounding? I mean, obviously it's great anytime you can consistently lead uh, teams in this type of category. Like shows that the, like they're working on specific things in practice and it's carrying over to the games. Now, if they could just translate with other aspects of the game that they struggled uh, this season with, it's, it's good to see, but, I mean, the end result doesn't result in Ws. So, I mean, I guess it's kind of...
0: Yeah, and, and an interesting thing I caught here, uh, just looking at the box score from the Missouri-Kentucky game, you know, th- like we said, 34 rebounds for the Tigers in that game. 16 of those 34 were on the offensive end to 18 defensive rebounds, so a lot of offensive rebounds for the Tigers. Five offensive rebounds from Jeremiah Tillman, three from Jordan Geist, which is outstanding for a guard, two from Ronnie Suggs, which, you know, Suggs is another guard, even though he's a tall guard at six. And so, you know, the Tigers are doing good things in that respect. And to do it against a team like
1: Kentucky is, it's exceptional. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, maybe maybe this uh, nice pace and rebounding will lead to a win eventually. <laughs> and now for our dud of the week, uh, we're going with sort of an unconventional one, but certainly one that's popped up. It's Mark Smith's ankle slash foot. It's now, uh, Mizzou is calling it also a foot injury. So, David, what do you think is going on with Mark Smith right now?
0: Well, you know, first off, I mean, we were short of call our dud his Mark Smith's foot and angle, not Mark Smith. I mean, it's hard <laughs> to blame a guy, you know, who's shaking off the rust, easing into things and clearly isn't 100% healthy yet. I mean, you know, look, it's, it's a rough go. I mean, Conzo didn't even have to think about it. He was asked, you know, do you think the injury is impacting his shot right away? He went, Oh yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. And I mean, you know, look, this was Mark Smith. We're talking about this is a guy who was shooting 47 and a half percent from three and even when you when you're a shooter like that even on off night you know you put up five threes you'd think one of them goes in just yeah. because that's what you do when you're a shooter but he shot 0 for five he's just not really in the flow of things now it's just it's, it's a little rough to, to watch him go through this right now
1: yeah and in the last two games he is one of 11 from the field which is definitely a stark difference from what he was earlier in the year. And there, he had this one play against Kentucky where he pump faked it uh, from the three, and then he drove in and had a little floater. I thought that maybe go in, it bounced out, but like no pun intended. But he looked a step slower than usual, and uh, yeah. I, I mean, it, it's just obvious watching him that he's just not feeling the same way that it was earlier before the injury.
0: Yeah, and it's a shame for this Missouri team because they just they need him so much. The players have talked about how great it is to play with. Mark Smith out on the floor, you know, Torrance Watson has actually said that, you know, Mark Smith's defender just has to go wherever he goes and that whole thing and how the game can become a four on four game almost it feels like and you have more space, but the Tigers are just missing that element right now. I mean, even when Smith is out there 21 minutes, no points. He did get a couple of rebounds and a couple of assists, so he still did a few good things, but Ultimately, you know, he is just unable to to be himself. Out yeah. There.
1: And I mean, as we saw against Kentucky, him not being a scoring threat really impacts the rest of the offense. Absolutely. I mean Only had two other guys in double digits. Yep. I mean, Geist had 11 on like 40% shooting, and Ronnie Suggs was the leading scorer with 13, something that's certainly unconventional for this team. Yeah. And so, I mean, Mark Smith not being able to score just like helps the opposing team so much.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. So now let's take a look ahead at the. Next week for the Tigers on Saturday, they head to Gainesville to take on the Florida Gators, probably one of the most middling teams in the SEC. Florida's eighth in the league at 7-6, and six, though they are coming off a big win Wednesday uh, in Baton Rouge against LSU, a big overtime win. Um, then Missouri will stay on the road for a matchup with Mississippi State, a solid team with an impressive 11-3 and home record. So, Connor,
1: can Missouri win either of these games? Just the way they're trending right now, I'm going to say no. Like, Especially against – Florida's probably a better shot to win than Mississippi State. But the way Florida played Wednesday uh, makes me think no. Like, They've had, I think, trouble with guards this whole season. And Kevon Allen for Florida had 21 points, like 5-9 and nine shooting from three against LSU. And uh, if he keeps that up, I, it's going to be hard for them to, to match that and win. Yeah, it's go time right now for the Florida Gators who uh, –
0: on Joe Lunardi's bracket about a week ago, which is not his most recent bracket this time of the year. But uh, before their last couple of wins, which we'll get into in a moment, you know they were the literal last team in on Lunardi's bracket. So every game for them is big. They can't have a slip-up like a loss at home to Missouri. And Florida's responding to this right now. They're, they're a little hot. They've won three games in a row. Uh, the last two were on the road, an 18-point yeah. win at Alabama, and then the aforementioned five-point overtime win at LSU – you know, these guys, I, you know, this is something I talk about a lot in college basketball, especially at this time of year. I just think it's so important who's peaking when. And, you know, you have teams like Kentucky that are really seem to be coming together now. Now, obviously, for Florida, their peak isn't nearly as high as Kentucky's. But I do think it is all sort of coming together for the Florida Gators right now.
1: Yeah. And also for Missouri, I think we have to factor in the travel. Like, yeah, that's a far distance to go. And I wouldn't be surprised if that slows them down a little bit, too.
0: Yeah, it ought to. It ought to. It's a, That's a tough trip. Um, and it'll be even more tough for them to then come back on Tuesday. You know, these aren't professional yeah. athletes. It's not going to be a road trip in the sense that they're going to stay on the road. They're going to do a lot of traveling. They're going to come back to Columbia and take care of their studies. Yeah, And then they're going to go back down to Starkville. It's, it's rough even on ch- the charter. And like you take. said
1: with Florida, like both of these teams, Mississippi State and Florida, are going to – they both have uh, postseason aspirations. So they're going to yeah. be giving it their all during those last stretch of the season. So. And Missouri doesn't really have any aspirations at the moment. Right. So I wouldn't be surprised if Missouri got their best shot.
0: Yeah, I mean, there's no question that for these teams that are playing Missouri at home, you know, these are must-win games for these teams. If you're Florida, you're right there on the bubble. This loss could kill your resume. Absolutely. You know, it's one thing on the road, but at home, these schools are going to have no excuse to lose to Missouri. So it's going to be very tough for the Tigers.
1: All right, and to swing back to our tribute question, we asked that Florida is one of two SEC schools to win a national championship in both football and basketball, name the other. And the answer is Arkansas who won the 1994 national basketball championship and split the football championship with Alabama and Notre Dame in 1964. And that's all we have for this week. Uh, join us next week as we Reed is back with us and uh, we talk about Florida and Mississippi State. All right, thank you all.